we get an awful lot of couples writing in to us. And a lot of times, by the time someone writes in, a husband or a wife, they're writing in because somewhere downstream from their wedding day, they're experiencing a very painful amount of disunity, mm-hmm. amount of discord. And sometimes it results in terrible things happening, you know, affairs happening. Mm-hmm. Um, addictions beginning. Ad- addictions manifesting, manifesting worsening. Yeah. And you have these husbands, these wives putting their hands up saying, what is going on? I do not know where to start. I feel lost. Mm-hmm. I feel like our marriage is completely lost. And but if I'm honest, this episode is actually the culmination of reviewing a number of those questions right. and saying, how can we help at this point in the game? How can we help? Uh, we lament not being on the front end of many struggling marriages, not having the ability to speak into them, you know, maybe, you know, in the months leading up, right. you know, to 10 years ago when these couples get married. Right. But the hope here is to speak into it in a way where God can realign. Yeah. What does that look like? Well, in one word, unity. You need unity. And so we're going to talk about that today, but we'll see you on the other side. I was going to leave the audience a bit titillated before you said, hey, <laughs> this is what every couple needs. I was like, we should ask each other, Ryan, what do you think every couple needs? So now you have to answer it. What do you think every couple needs? Well, first and foremost, every couple, as in every human being as well, needs Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we all need Jesus. Yes and amen. We all need the gospel. We all need his grace and his love. The one thing that I would say every couple needs, if I had not already read what we're going to write and say, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say love, but I think that's kind of very generic answer. Of course, we've unpacked love on many, many episodes and the actual definition of love. But you said something else. Well, I said truth. When I asked you when we were going through this, the pre-show stuff, Mm. I was like, what's one thing every couple needs? Truth, right? And you're like, no. (laughs) And you said. Uh, Well, unity is what I said. (laughs) And well, here I think it's all all of the above. Now, what couples are that write in that ask us, you know, they'll say our marriage is in shambles. It feels like it's been going this way. But now we're we're like at our wits end, whatever reason. Something has happened. Some sort of addiction has manifested, either pornography, substance abuse, right. uh, you know, alcohol. Uh, there's maybe a, an infidelity they're trying to deal with. And they get to this place in their marriage and they write and they say, help. Right. Well, those couples are feeling, what they're feeling more than anything is not that they, honestly, it's not that they lack unity. It's not that they lack the tools. It's that they feel that they've, they've lacked connection. They've mm-hmm. lost their connection. You could Which, say, well, connection is unity. But dis- I would say connection disrupts unity, right? The lack of connection, sorry. Yes. The lack of connection disrupts unity. Yeah. So when people are writing in, yes, they're saying like, we want help. And yes, you from the outside in, yes, you need help. But what are the things that I think, you really need Yeah, so you need the, you need with. what you said. You need love. You need connection. You, you need, need truth. Truth, which honestly, truth, if you look at like even Proverbs, Proverbs are immensely practical. Well, they're tools, the Proverbs are tools mm-hmm. to apply biblical truth practically. Yes. Uh, but what's paramount even to those two things is going to be unity. And what I mean by unity is what are you building your life around? Do you value and see the same thing on the horizon? All right? Do you and your spouse. Yes. Yes. Together. So C.S. Lewis said this. He says, what draws people to be friends is that they see the same truth, mm. that they share it. He, in other places, I think it's in his book called The Four Loves, he, he says, you know, 
when, what brings people close to each other is that you're walking basically shoulder to shoulder, traveling toward mm-hmm. the same horizon. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, you're going to be closer. Now, what he also said was, if you're just clamoring for the other person's right. affection and attention, right. you're never going to get it. The true way to get it is to be in unity and traveling toward the same goal. Of course, yeah. that grand goal for every human is Christ. Right. Uh, unity is one of these... Um, it's like one of those things that I think you you underappreciate it when you have it. And right. when you lack it, it feels like nothing can it, fix it. Can yeah. Fi- can fix Bring it. Bring it back. Yeah. So this actually comes from our very first uh, devotional mm. and it's called two as one. Um, it's, it's meant to, it's meant for couples to go through together. So for instance, um, there's 30 days, 30 devotion, 30 day devotional. You go through, read it, you talk about it, you pray together, you answer questions together. Yeah. The main goal of this book is to help couples build unity. Yeah. And the reason we're going through this particular study is because, as I mentioned, I think we have a number of... We've received uh, a number of questions and, you know, we sit there trying to sort through what are some of the main themes that we see coming out of these questions? And I think one of one of the biggest themes that we've seen is is, like we mentioned before, is that people are struggling to be be looking at the same horizon, be mm, be yeah. pursuing the same truth uh, that is Jesus, that is God, and so how how can we as a married couple first identify what truths we are you know seeking out and why they're disrupting mm-hmm. our unity? How can how can we ask the Lord to help us uproot those uh, and then begin walking? in unity towards the same horizon, uh, which is again, yeah. Christ himself. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about unity, where it comes from. Covers a lot. Co- cover a lot. Then we're gonna give you some very practical things toward the end of this episode. Right. So if you're in a spot where you feel like, man, I feel like our marriage is really just teetering yeah. and I'm not sure what's holding us together. Well, we're hopefully going to give you something very tangible to put to work in the coming yeah. weeks. But first, let's just read through this. Yeah, um, unity covers a lot. That's it what covers I'm a lot. To say. It's, it's and here's how we start this this particular chapter is, and I mean this sincerely. If we could sit down with every one of you, every young couple, every couple who's been ten years married, we're going on twenty years married, by the mm-hmm. way. And you, you know this? Did you know that? You know that? Of course, I know this. <laughs> Which, Absolutely, honestly, I do. Honestly, <laughs> it feels it feels surreal. It doesn't feel like it's been twenty years. No. Uh, but there's no one else I'd rather do it with. Amen. So we have some years under our belt. I still love you. We're still <laughs> like we're we have a happy household. We still have an amazing intimate life, in my opinion. This is where you would say it's also you also think the same. Oh, thing. I was just saying you're welcome. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> classic, it's classic Selena answer right there. Never gets old. I never stop surprising you. <laughs> you never, yeah, you know it. Uh, I, I think we've got some some experience to speak into this. To, sure. to, and so I wish I could sit with couples and and have this conversation with you. And the one thing that I would want to tell you is get unity, mm-hmm. but not all unity is created equal. Right. And what I mean by that is you don't want to just get unity around, yeah, let's be married. You don't want to get unity around, yeah, we, we share the same kind of value system. Uh, and I, I say that on purpose. Yeah. Because that in most cases is inadequate. Right. Now, if that value system happens to be surrounding the person work of Christ, yes, that your life revolves gravitationally mm. around the redemptive work of Christ, then yes, you could say values. But that's the thing is, I, if I could sit down with every couple, 
I'd say if you want you want a marriage that thrives, you have to have unity around who Christ is. Right. And that's not enough. Hear me out. It's not enough to say I'm, we're Christians. <laughs> Amen. We know That's a lot of Christians. not enough. Yep. 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 You have to be clear. What do you mean by saying you're a Christian? Yeah. Do you mean to say that if you're asked in a poll that you're going to check the box? Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean by do that? Do you go to church occasionally? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand who Jesus is? <laughs> do you understand what he did for you? Like the actual truth. These are things that I wish we would have known. Even it's only more. by God's grace yeah. that, that we're, and we've said this before, that we're still together and it's, because our ignorance was so profound on a lot of this stuff and God is gracious. And so that's why I think this, this quote by CS Lewis is so relevant. I'll read mm-hmm. it again. It says what draws people to be friends is that they see the same truth. They share it. Mm. So what happens is I forget who said this. Oh, well, who was it? I want to say it was like Shaw or someone like that. It said, actually went and got the book and it was in fact, George Bernard Shaw, and he said this, the the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken mm. place. And so here, here's a, a tweak on that. The single biggest problem with calling yourself a Christian is the illusion that you mean the same thing. Mm. Yeah. And so when we read C.S. Lewis's quote where he says, they see the same truth, my question is, what truth are you talking about? Right, right. Because I can talk to, to 10 people today. <laughs> 10 Christians ask probably. 10 yeah. Christians, <laughs> people who call themselves Christians. I can say, what do you think of Jesus? And I would get 10 different answers. Yeah. Who, who is Jesus? I'd get 10 different answers. And so uh, we need to have a clear clear vision around who Christ is and, and all he did. Um, and that that's absolutely important. It's relevant to marriage because relationships that start with that same vision have a have friendship. And friendship needs to be at the core. Yeah, we've talked about this many times on various episodes that our friendship is is what keeps us. It's kind of what brought us together. And I mean, personally speaking, but I also Mm -hmm. hope for many other couples, friendship is what brought you together. Not only that, it kind of keeps you together, kind of holds you together through different seasons of life, parenting. But then it's going to be what's left once the kids are out of, you know, Mm -hmm. out of the house. And it's just you two again. The whole empty nester thing is just your friendship. It just. It's the glue throughout every season and every well, yeah. life what, event. What happens is if you don't have this this strong foundation of Christ at the at the foundation of your marriage, you end up weathering the storms of marriage, and you can maybe survive the yeah. storms. But what happens is when that whatever that glue is that's keeping your yeah. you're the the movie Lemony Snicket's uh, series of unfortunate yes. events. There's that that mansion on top of the cliff, and right. it's like teetering on. It's held up by yes. like. You're just a two few, by fours. Two by, two, yeah, <laughs> just two by fours that are nailed together. And it's just you're waiting for that big storm to yeah. come. Well, what happens if you don't have the foundation of Christ, that's what you're effectively, you're right. just wait. You're just like, you're biding your time until yeah. that big storm finally takes you out. And usually that big storm is, you nailed it. Right. Our kids are out of the house. Right. They were our source of unity. And now that they're maybe out of the nest, they, they've got their feet beneath them. They're maybe pursuing marriage on their own. Then you can say, okay, well what we have effectively yeah. is a dilapidated house on the top of a cliff. And let's just kick this thing. Into well, the water. and I want to clarify too, about the foundation being Christ. And then the piece that is friendship. Friendship is the, the fire that keeps you warm. That's and good. then the foundation of Christ is really what anchors you to truth and anchors you yeah. to unity. So. Yeah. So, cause you can have people that are re- resolutely unified in their marriage, but their marriage lacks affection and warmth because they've not let the actual, I'll say the, the character of Christ infuse their marriage and they're right. not loving one another. Well, right. Right. so there's, it, th- that's the other caveat is we need to let this foundation be the foundation, but then also 
build on top of it mm-hmm. with the fear and trembling we're called to, yes. which to walk out our faith. Amen. Like think about your first time that you met. Now, not us. I'm talking to our, our listeners. Think about when you met your spouse. What drew you to him or her? <laughs> you know, what, something drew you together. Right. Some same truth. You had a similar vision. Now, you might have been drawn first and then they caught up later. And eventually you said, let's merge our lives because we see the world the same way. We care about each other, but we also know that we can walk alongside each other and we're going to basically basically be going in the same direction. Now, what was that that Mm. you saw? Now, a lot of couples, if they're honest, your same truth maybe may have been a common interest. Mm. You may have realized, oh, yeah, he's into, uh, I don't know. Hiking, hiking, and why and loves being outdoors, and and I also love that, and I I you know we've had a lot of good times, so we're gonna build this life that this is maybe our thing, our yeah, or that's an aspect of our budding relationship, <laughs> right? Or yeah, it could be a way, like I said, way of seeing in the world. Selena, you mentioned this, kids, uh, but here's what we're proposing: is Jesus is so much more than just an idea or a hobby. Right. He gives us an entire life and worldview, and when we see Jesus. And we see him together. We're not just seeing a truth. We're seeing truth himself. Yes. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when we see the truth for himself and we behold him for who he is, that everything re- everything governs. orients and governs. Yes. yes. It's oriented correctly. Uh, things are governed and ordered correctly. Um, and... It reorients your heart mm-hmm. and your soul and your spirit and your mind, everything about you, uh, because yeah. no longer are you, you're no longer is your relationship dependent on what you do, hiking, hobbies, whatever, and mm-hmm. kids. No longer is it is it dependent on you being good enough or you saying the right things, but it is fully dependent on the most reliable truth, capital T truth, that there is, which is God. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's. Having Christ in everything, it, it just, it changes, it changes so everything. I'm going to use this, this analogy real fast. And it, it's again, C.S. Lewis, big fan in the, in his, okay. <laughs> in his book called God in the dock. I highly recommend it. It's a series of essays written by C.S. Lewis. He writes an essay about, uh, about beholding truth. I forget the name of the essay, but he's likening it to, um, he, he's in a shed. It's a dusty wood shed. Mm-hmm. And you see the sun coming through one of the cracks and the sun shines through and you can see it and you can behold it and you can, you can, on some sense, you can describe the beam of light, but it's not until you align your vision with the beam of light that you're able to actually see outside. You're able to see by the light what's out there Mm -hmm. and you see blue skies you see. And so it's one thing to observe it from the outside. It's another to align yourself with it and observe it. And that's what this truth does is it creates, it gives you a vector now Mm -hmm. upon which you can actually build something real. Right. So it's not that we just have, we know who Christ is objectively and that we, we, we both see the value in Christ. It's that we are actually aligned ourselves with Christ in a way that right. we are going to be on his vector. Right. So now we're not on the vector of so long as we enjoy this together, marriage is going to work. You're now on the vector of we can actually grow together because we're both headed the same direction because right. we have a common master right. and his name is Christ. Right. So, we're trying to make that crystal clear. We're belaboring the point because it's of paramount importance if you want a marriage that is Christ honoring first and foremost. Yeah. But honestly, it's just you can enjoy your friendship together. You can you have the framework within which to weather 
sinning against each other, right. forgiving each other's sin, yeah. and being sanctified through that process. And um, you love learning about Christ together. I think that's one of the best, one of my favorite things about mm-hmm. our relationship is that I, the first person I want to tell when I learn something new about God or mm-hmm. I am just coming across some encouraging truths, that he's you. It's always Ryan. Same. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to tell Ryan about this. Like, oh, I can't wait to share this with him. Like, he is the first stop. Uh, outside of my own heart that I want to share. And what happens is now I'm not just observing you travel your path. We're on the same path together and you're pointing out the stuff that you're seeing along the Mm, way. And I can now behold that with you and we can process it as we step down further and further down this path on our walk with Christ. You may be feeling like, well, this is great. You guys are painting a great picture of what (laughs) unity is. However, we don't have it. Yeah. And so. And we don't know how to get it. And we know how to get it. So here's some questions to get you thinking along those lines. And then we got some practical things for you to begin stepping down kind of if this, then that. Okay, now if this, then that mm-hmm. process. First question. I already asked this once, but I'll ask it again. And I want you to think about it. What drew you together when you first met? And mm-hmm. what same truth or truths did you see then? And which do you see now? What truths did you see then? And which do you see now? In other words, you're trying to tr- take a survey. Okay, here's where we started. And here's where we are. And hopefully by doing that, you can realize, okay, here's where we got off the, the right. rails. And if, right. you, if you want to even go back even a few months or years in relationship and see where, if there is a divergence, where did that happen? Right. Where did that begin? Right. I remember you had a, um, I'd say a high pressure job <laughs> and I can mark almost oh, yeah. to the month, the moment when I saw you change in some really positive ways and some not so positive ways. I'm sure negative. You say the same Just about say me. negative. Okay. <laughs> And, and so we can, now that you identify that spot, we can talk about it. Right. And we can begin to pick up, pick it apart in a good way and resolve whatever the, yeah. the negatives are. Yeah. And even are. bring our Christian community into it and, and as sounding boards and asking for prayer. Yeah. Second question here. How can you increase your unified vision of Jesus on a daily basis? How the key, can you increase? So the key with that question is that the word daily, mm-hmm. because many will say, yeah, we have our unified vision of Jesus, but. How, that? How do you increase it yeah. daily? Right. <laughs> How do you increase your unity daily? Now, unless you say, well, we know all about Jesus that we're ever going to know. <laughs> well, no, no one in their right mind would ever honestly say that. Would yeah. say that. Yeah. And so how do you increase it? Now, here's some really tangible ways. Um, I'm always surprised when couples who think they have unity around these things mm-hmm. don't, which is why we always harp on this. And so the big question is, what do you actually believe? Mm. Okay. And, and this is where you're going to work down. You need to take an inventory. What do we actually believe? All right. Husband, ask your wife. Wife, ask your husband. Who is Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? Who is God? Mm-hmm. What is the gospel? Who are we, you know, as people made in God's image? Yeah. And just go down the list. Now, if you're looking for a way to do that, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Right. Ask yourself, can we actually affirm some of the traditional creeds and confessions of the church? There's, there's mighty men who've gone before us for us and written these things. The Apostles' Creed. Can you read and affirm the Apostles' Creed? Maybe go even deeper, go into things like the Westminster Confession, the London Baptist Confession of Faith. They're very similar. Uh, they're not long. Now they're not short, right. but they're not long. I'm just thinking of the couple too that is, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, what are some of these okay. confessions and things that you're talking about? And how would they, how are they actually going to help us? And to that person, I would, I would say, you know, read your Bible, get into it and understand the weight of it. When you're asking Mm. each other, who is Jesus Christ? Well, what you say is going to 
reveal what you believe. And if you're like, yes, he's the savior. Okay. Well, what does it mean that he's the savior? And these are what these creeds and confessions actually clarify, actually bring uh, answers to that are clear that will then direct and inform your beliefs, which then inform your behaviors, right? These are not just a collection of big words and written things that Christian spiritual men became, you know, wrote over ancient, you know, years, hundreds and thousands of years or whatever, (laughs) hundreds of years, sorry. (laughs) Um, they're truths that have been fought for and they're truths that have been like people have died over them. And there's reasons why, and this is, this is clarity, not just for you, not your marriage needs. This is what I guess I'm trying to say. Like you need this as a believer in order for your marriage to be able to go forth and do what it's purposed for. If you're not convinced of the, the necessity and the value of confessions, I have a book for you. If you're open to it, it's written by Carl Truman. It's called the creedal imperative. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who wrote the rise and triumph of the modern self. Okay, he, yeah. He's a popular kind of theologian. What I mean by that is he writes for popular crowds, not popular in that lots of people read him, but yeah, you said it beautifully. Yeah. It, ideally you could say, okay, let's read the Bible together and then agree on everything it says. <laughs> All right. So I'll see you at the end and we'll read it together. It'll be great. <laughs> the trouble is the Bible's long. It's complex. The doctrines that have come to be the Christian faith are biblical but they're, they're hard fought for, like to, to right. summarize them in this way. And the confessions right. just give you a way to do that. It's almost right. like a shortcut, the like cliff notes. Yes. So anyway, we belabored that point. The point is, is do you believe the same things? Right. And if, if you're going down the, the litany of questions and you're realizing, oh, actually, we don't believe the same thing about how the Holy Spirit works. Yeah. In the life of well, why don't we believe that? We don't actually Maybe believe. Maybe it was because of how we were raised. Maybe, you know. Yeah. And we don't actually believe that. Uh, you know, confessing sin is as like, I believe it's more important. You think it's less important. Why? Let's talk about that. Right. Or we don't believe that whatever the thing is. I'm always amazed that when we, even us, Ryan and Fred, Ryan Frederick and Sleep Frederick talk about our beliefs and things that we believe, you like, he will question it. And then I will question it. And then we'll talk about where did this come from? And just the bonding over that type of conversational experience has always been so rich. So if anything, just start with those yeah. Beliefs. Ask the questions. Peel back the layers. Get to the get to the core of the onion. <laughs> Why do we believe yeah. what we believe? Now, if you're at the top of this question tree and you realize, oh man, my husband or my wife is not a Christian. Mm. Okay, then your cue then is to pray. Pray for them. Love them. Like display the goodness of Christ yeah. in your marriage. All the more reason to go deeper in your beliefs. But pray. You can't make them believe. You can't change their heart. Christ does that. Amen. Okay. So now assuming you're on the other side of that question tree and you say, yeah, we all basically do confess these same things. Well, now you need the the daily things. Right. So the first one, and you've heard us say it, we'll say it again, read scripture Mm -hmm. and read it together. It's so easy to just be, uh, what's the word, be be lackadaisical about our our Bible reading. Right. And before we know it, if we're not careful, it's gone. We've gone a week and we haven't even opened it. Yep. We brought it to church if we went to church, but we haven't opened it. We haven't read it now. Even And sometimes you'll open it, but you'll read one or two verses or right. you'll read one. So get a plan, read it together. Now that takes doing. Right. And that's the thing is uh, a lot of times when people come to us or a counselor per se or a pastor for help, you know, people don't always want to do the thing that requires the change. They right. just want to, Which they, in, they want to articulate how they're feeling, but right. they don't want to. It's in the doing that we actually get what we are desiring. Right. And so this takes a maturity. Right. It takes a tenacity. It takes hard work. It takes diligence. Yeah. And it's it's easy to be mature. It's easy to be lazy. It's easy to, you know, not do the hard thing. Right. And so scripture and then praying together mm. will we'll create unity in this area. 
And then, uh, and then to just to live out the various aspects of your faith together. Mm-hmm. In other words, confess your sin if you've sinned against your spouse. Confess, offer forgiveness, mm-hmm. be generous, be thoughtful, go out of the way, you go out of your way to to love one another uh, in light of what you're reading and praying about and the Holy Spirit's prompting you. Yeah. So let's just, I'm going to recap these really quickly. So our recommendations for having the same truth, seeing the same truth, building unity amongst mm-hmm. yourselves uh, as a, as a couple, um, have a conversation questioning what each of you believes and why dive into that, pick up things like the apostles creed, uh, the confessions, the Westminster confessions, pick those things up. They're very easy to find. Start with questions from there. Uh, second thing, read scripture and read it together. I would argue sit together and read it together. Not just you read in the morning, I read at night and then we find time to talk about it. Like just do it right there. Do it in the morning. So it's a discipline. Take some rearranging of your schedule. And it may take some lives. time. Yep. But it's it's hundred yep. percent worth it. Um, pray together uh, and pray for each other. And then live live faith filled from there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't expect the the obedience to be fruitless. Right. Live in freedom. Live in the faith yep. that God's given yep. you. So with that. Yeah. Uh, that being said, if you don't know who Jesus is and you want to know, we recommend you find a Christian friend, talk to him or her about who is Christ. Mm. Ask them to read scripture with you. Start yeah. in John one beautiful book. Yeah. Uh, find a church that preached out of the Bible. If you can't find either of those things, you don't have a friend or a church nearby. We have a website that might help go to the news is Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for uh, the unity that you've given couples uh, around yourself, that you are the ultimate unifying force in our lives. I pray that you'd help the husband, the wife, hearing this, watching this, that they would, that hearing these words would would move them to action, mm. to find unity around you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, thanks for joining us. If you want to partner, we would love, love, love that. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. Thank you so much for giving us your time, your attention. So this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... Don't judge me. See you again in seven Mm -hmm. days. Until next time. Stay fierce.